Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the Book of the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 12 through 16, the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 17 through 20, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 13 through 18, and the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 25, verse 1 through 13. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all of our hearts always be acceptable to you, O Lord. Amen. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. It has been a long time for me between Sunday morning services, um, Sunday morning sermons, And I've been away now from preaching on Sunday mornings for about 11 months. And while I was on sabbatical, when I returned, people would ask me, what did you do? What did you do with your time? And I found that a hard question to answer because kind of when there's all of a sudden some spaciousness of time, we're not quite as tuned into how we're using all of it. And I found myself going days with, yeah, what did I do today? But one of my intentions had been to spend more time with my family. And I was able to do that through a couple of trips to see them in Utah, meeting up with them in Florida. We went to the national parks together. And my granddaughter, Elia, who's now 12, visited me in Cincinnati. And when I was reading this lesson, this keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour my thoughts kept going back to my visits with my family. Invariably in Utah, I would feel the need for a nap. Now, maybe it's my age, maybe it's the time zone or the altitude, but my arrival day had to have a nap. And other days, there would be a need for a nap. And even when I didn't intend a nap, I'd fall asleep. I'd be reading and I would just be out. I have a lovely room on the lower level there, and I would be out. But when I would awaken, I would discover that Elia had snuck into my room and used my phone to take photographs of me (laughs) sleeping. And not just photographs, to prove her point about my snoring, she would do videos of my snoring. And there was something really disconcerting to me about, you know, being in that space and thinking, okay, this is cool, I'm just chilling, and, and knowing, no, I'm being observed. And I, I feel like I need to stay awake so that this doesn't happen. I'd talk to her about it, but it would happen again. And then the topper was on my last visit to Utah. And I thought Elia had gone on an errand with her mom. And I was, again, down in this lovely room on the lower level, and I was going through gifts that I had brought them, kind of sorting them out and organizing them, and I was also kind of repacking my suitcase because I'd be leaving the next day, and I'm, I'm in just my own little world, just this peaceful little world, and puttering around and oblivious to everything else, totally oblivious to the fact that Elia has hidden in the corner and totally oblivious to the fact that I talk to myself out loud when I'm doing things. Maybe some of you all do that too, but I had no idea to the extent to which I did it. And she had videotaped 
and recorded me this whole time. I mean, we're not talking five minutes. We're talking about maybe a half hour. And, and when she, she came out, she kept saying, I, didn't, I couldn't believe you didn't see me. And I'm thinking, I didn't know to look, you know, but I was, I was awake, but I was not wakeful and watching. She threatened to put it on the internet, and we had a really serious conversation about that. <laughs> that was not going to be something I would welcome. But I think to myself, every time, actually, I'm with her, and I love her dearly, but every time I'm with her, I, I think to myself, keep awake, keep awake, <laughs> keep alert here. So we will get back to the gospel, actually. We'll get back to the gospel right now. Because in our gospel reading, Jesus and his disciples are in Jerusalem, and Jesus has been challenging the religious authorities and foretelling his death and resurrection. He's been talking of the destruction of the temple and the world as they know it. And immediately preceding this chapter, the disciples asked Jesus, tell us, tell us when this will be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. And after additional words of caution, caution about imposters, war, persecution, desolation, and suffering, Jesus alerts them for the need for watchfulness, the need for watchfulness. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. This is what he tells them. And today's reading is the second of his parables that immediately follow on this need for watchfulness, the need to stay awake. So the early listeners of today's reading would have greatly related to the story of the wedding banquet, the arrival of the bridegroom. Wedding banquets were big deals, and we're talking about seven days of celebration. Weddings were complicated. They were celebratory, and there was hosting, and there were a lot of details to attend to. Undoubtedly, they had their stressors. One of the things that I've done in recent years is I do premarital counseling. One of the things we look at is what are the major stressors in each of the, the members of the, the couple's lives. And invariably, wedding is on that list. Whether it's wedding expense, whether it's wedding planning, whether it's managing family in regard to the wedding, weddings are stressful events, even though they can be celebratory. So weddings frequently are a backdrop for Jesus' stories. But in this one, it is really clear that the bridegroom, the bridegroom who Jesus is speaking of, is Jesus himself. And the people hearing this had already been waiting for a long time to, for Jesus to return. They had been waiting for a long time. So when this these words are shared with the early Christian communities. It gives them hope. It gives them reassurance that Jesus will come again. Jesus will come again. But they need to be watchful. They need to stay awake. And yet I'm also thinking that they had to be struggling a bit. Because how long can someone maintain a sense of urgency, a sense of patience, a sense of wakefulness? In Wednesday, we have the noon Bible study now here in the parlor. And we focus on the gospel readings for the coming Sunday each time. Anybody is welcome to join. 
It's a lively group. And in the noon Bible study this week, we were reminded of how easily we get distracted. How easily we get distracted. And one of our members, each time someone would raise another question, well, what about, because we're, we're looking for, looking at a passage differently. And each time someone would raise a question, they'd say, distraction, distraction, <laughs> we're missing the point. And they were right, they were right because there are so many places we can get distracted. We start with 10 bridesmaids, five foolish, five wise. And we might wonder about the five foolish bridesmaids, why they didn't bring extra oil. Did they think they knew the bridegroom's timing and they were wrong? Or did they think it just wouldn't be necessary? They had all they needed. Maybe they thought others would help them out which proved to not be the case. Maybe because they were so concerned about the oil and they left to get more oil, they didn't consider that they might miss the arrival of the bridegroom. Maybe it all comes down to something to do with the planning ahead with the oil and not knowing the arrival of the bridegroom. But was that shortfall compounded by decision after decision they made when they realized they were likely to run out of oil. Our questions can run wild. And we can, many of us at least, can certainly relate to these foolish bridesmaids. I mean, I certainly can. In the busyness of our lives, not always are we able to think three or four or five steps ahead. Not always are we able to consider all of the additional planning we need to, to have in mind. Particularly in the busyness of our lives, we may be hustling through each day, we may be realizing we don't have a meal covered, or we don't have time for a project, or time for something for work or school. We may need to be figuring out how we're going to take care of a family member, or tr provide transportation to a soccer match or how we're going to work in a commitment we've made in this community. We find ourselves scrambling to get back on track. We may reach out to others for help, and they may be scrambling too. So life can be messy, so we can relate to foolish bridesmaids. But what about the wise bridesmaids? In our Bible study, they did not come off so well either. They were clearly not willing to share their oil, not willing to function as a community with the others. And giving others advice that sends them away and ultimately keeps them out of the banquet. Doesn't this fly in the face of so many of Jesus' teachings of sharing what we have, of loving our neighbor as ourselves? We pondered that. We may be able to relate to these wise bridesmaids on those times, those occasions when we find ourselves really prepared and on top of things, and possibly not impressed by those who are kind of straggling in at the last minute with work half done, like we have done ourselves on many occasions. But when we're still on top of things, maybe sometimes there's also a little bit of haughtiness that enters that. We may be kind of overvaluing our own wisdom and our preparedness. So those are things we can ponder. Those are just 
also kind of things that we can get distracted by. And there's even that distraction of the dealer. We wondered in Bible study, was the dealer even open at midnight? How did they get his attention? We wondered, did the dealer price gouge them for coming at such an inconvenient hour? Or maybe the dealer took compassion on them and just gave them what they needed. But it also begs the question, how do we respond in need at an inconvenient time? How do we respond when we pull up to a red light and someone is asking for something outside our window? Or we encounter someone in a parking lot? We're on track with where we're headed. How do we respond to the interruption? How do we respond to the urgent needs of the world that confront us daily and seem so far beyond our ability to help? How do we respond? There are so many paths we can take with this very short parable. So many paths, and so many of them also are distractions. We can get caught up in questions. We can create our own conspiracy theories out of just a little paragraph. Many of them may be worthy of our pondering, but they can still be distractions nonetheless, because we know there is a deeper perspective, a deeper call to all of us in this story. In the context of all of Jesus' teachings, I believe the wisdom we are continually called to is the consistent, constant nurturing of our relationship with God and each other, our relationship with love. The oil that must always be available is the loving tending of these relationships. We know it in our earthly experience and our relationships with each other. They require loving presence, compassion, trust, commitment, listening and speaking the truth. Not for a few hours here and there, but in the fullness of our lives together. They require our attention. Fires not tended will eventually go out. Lamps without sufficient oil will go out. Our relationships with the people entrusted to us need also such wakeful tending. This is love lived in action. And our love for each other mirrors our love for God. They are not separate things, but paths to each other. One way we express our love of God is through our love for each other. We are loving God's people. One way we deepen our loving relationship with God is being present to our direct relationship with God, listening, praying, worshiping, and loving community, tending our lamps of love for the Holy One, for all of creation, for the sacred ground entrusted to our care. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Keep awake to love. I'd like to close these thoughts with one of my favorite prayers in the Book of Common Prayer. It feels particularly timely and reminds us that we do not keep watch alone. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. 
Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all for your love's sake. Amen. Amen.